This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Ely on the volley! What a finish! Gotti Kinda has struck! It falls to Polito and he puts it in! To Johnny Russell, first time shot! And Johnny Russell has a hat trick! The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Buchanan. Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show for the 2022 regular season. And this is a preseason camp version of the Sporting KC Show right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, your home for SKC soccer. And of course, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you downloading, subscribing, liking, and telling all your friends about the Sporting Kansas City Show. And we're back at it this time from sunny Arizona, where Sporting Kansas City are starting to wrap up this edition of preseason. This is Nate Bucati, along with Allie Trost and Jacob Peterson. Allie, how are you today? I am well. This is my final day in Arizona. I've been here for the last 10 days, got in on January 31st. So the team was about two-ish, just shy of two-ish weeks into the preseason preparation uh, but it's been great. It's been great getting to, you know, connect with the guys and kind of keep building on those relationships from last year. As you all know, it was my first season doing sidelines. So really excited to be back for 2022 and just seeing the team and what goes into that preseason preparation. Jacob, I know you know that really well, but for me to kind of get a glimpse into what that process is like for Sporting Kansas City uh, has just been awesome. So sad to be leaving, but excited to get back to Kansas City and that just means that we're one day closer to the start of the season. And this is your first preseason training camp, so I'm I'm curious if you've gotten to the Groundhog Day stage yet where you're not sure what day of the week it is because the routine's kind of the same every day no matter what. Uh, yeah, that was the whole time because <laughs> the, the time change, even though it's just one hour behind, like completely messed with my mental. It was like, and then, you know, you've got training on Saturday, Sunday, your off day was a Friday, but like, I'm also not totally off on that day. So it's just, honestly, I'm leaving at the perfect time because I'm fine. I think I'm at that point now where it's like, it, it was starting to maybe feel a little bit more like Groundhog Day, but the confusion was persistent throughout my entire time here. Uh, didn't know what day it was, didn't know what time that meeting was, this thing, that, the other, but uh, no, it was a great experience. And again, just really, I, I mean, privilege to be out here to to get to see this up close and I mean the work that these guys put in it is it is a grind I mean five weeks is a long time uh, to be away from your your family and just in a different environment playing soccer every day but I mean they love it it, it's been really fun to watch well and Jacob you of course uh, went through more than a dozen preseason training camps as a player and now you've gotten to take in a little taste of it from the broadcasting side. A little less calorie consumption, a little less cal- – well, maybe not consumption, but we're not burning the calories. Those guys are. And and I know from talking to you, look, for the players, it's about getting fit for the season. So this isn't exactly fun. You're, you're trying to get in shape for the year. How different is your perspective now coming back as, as one of us? <laughs> I love preseason now. I, I'm, I'm jealous that Allie got to spend this long down here, right? You know, I came in on Tuesday, you know, be here for five days or so um but now they're fun now we go to trainings we watch you know the the team run do all the physical work that that's required but then we get to go out and explore the city go on hikes you know go on runs uh so many great restaurants down here um so this is great because you're right Nate 
preseason as a player, especially when, when you have you know, your fifth, sixth, seventh, when you're up there, it is a grind, an absolute grind. Uh, but it's it's necessary, and guys know that. But mentally, I think more so than anything, it, it's a grind for guys. In case my wife is back home listening as she's taking care of all three of our children by herself, I disagree with Jacob completely, honey. I am grinding away down here. I'm working 24-7. I can't even come up for air because I'm so buried in work down here. I want you to know that. Uh, while you're back there, you know, holding down the four for us in Kansas City. Um, we, and by the way, I want everybody to know that coming up on the show, uh, Peter Vermees is going to join us. We have a nice, long, sit-down interview with him. Going to go over a lot of the different things that are happening in camp down here. So if you're a sporting Kansas City fan and you want the latest information on what's happening with the team and how things are looking going into the 2022 season, coming up next, Peter Vermees, we're going to have a great conversation with him. Allie, you've been here longer than Jacob and I. So what are maybe a couple of the biggest things that you've taken away from the camp so far as you start to look toward the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's got their eyes on the new players, right? How are they going to fit into the system? Uh, who's maybe going to, to get a starting role? How are they acclimating? And I've just been so impressed watching Uri Rozell. I know he's, he's a player that sporting fans are very familiar with, and Jacob and I had a chance to chat with him uh, before the Colorado preseason match, and just hearing him talk about, you know, how he's grown as a player, how he is... and. You know, I, I feel like this joke is made. He's like, oh, it's like the best shape of my life. And it's like, okay, well, are you really? But to hear him talk about the last two seasons being a bit of a struggle with a couple of different injuries and feeling like the solutions were finally found there and he doesn't feel like there's a limitation because that impacts how you approach a training session, a game, and to not have that mental block uh, that's brought on by injury to, to not feel like you have those deficiencies like Uri was feeling, he's just been really fun to watch. It, what he brings to, to that defensive midfield role, how he's fit in playing in front of uh, a good friend of his, Andre Ufantas. They grew up in the Barcelona system. They, they have that familiarity with one another. And he's just fit right in with the, like, the, the core guys, the veteran group. Uh, and they love him. I mean, I talked with Kyrie about him, talked with a bunch of the players, and they just lit up talking about Uri and his, you know, his personality. He's playing the drums. He's just, he's, he's just, he's got the personality side that I think fits in well, but then the on the field as well. So he's been a player that I've, it's been great to watch. And I, I wish I could stay a little longer to watch Logan and Dinbe because he's, you know, a player who I know a lot of people are excited about and has already showed some, some promising things at the left back position. So those are some of the things I've been watching. And of course, the number nine position, Kyrie Shelton. So those are the kind of main roles and positions I've had my eye on and have had the biggest takeaways from. So it's funny when, when, when Yuri came back to the team and I met him in person again for the first time in a few years, I mentioned to you, Jacob, gosh, when, when he was here the last time, he looked like a kid and he looks like a man. I mean, just like his facial features, he looks like a man. Like his, he, you could tell he's bigger and stronger than he used to be. And you're like, well, he was a kid when he was here before and he's a man now. So I guess it stands to reason. But the fact that he's fitting back in, that really shouldn't be a surprise, is it, considering that he's played in that system ever since his days at Barcelona? Yeah, and he's familiar with Kerry. He's familiar with Peters, familiar with the system. Obviously, Roger's still here. Graham's still here, guys that he played with. And he's just a phenomenal human being. And anybody that meets where you know that. Um, yes, his, his play, I mean, Alex spoke a lot about it there, but he's he has the ability to to spring passes and to be that that kind of guy who sits there and dictates the offense he's very good on the ball but he's got bite to him and he can get stuck in and Nate to your point yes he always had that bite but now he's got a little bit more muscle behind him 
uh, as he's developed. And he said he's healthy right now, which I think that's a big thing because his last two years in Orlando, you know, he was kind of stop and start for him. Um, but if he's healthy, he is going to be one of the best sixes in this league. Okay, so one of the things that Peter has has said, though, when he's talked to the media to this point, Ali, is that you can tell there's a little frustration underlying almost everything he says because he hasn't been able to get everybody here at the same time yet. You know, they've signed some guys. They're finally getting some of them in, but some of them are still trying to get to the United States, get here to camp. Remy had to go back to France to work on his green card situation to come back to the United States. And obviously there's a couple of guys injured as well. But so I'm curious, like, you know, how much that has set things back, maybe just not being able to get everybody in to install some of the stuff they want to work on. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. It's it's a progression. And when you don't have all of the players available to go through from start to finish, the the little, you know, like the – benchmarks, the, the progress that you make or the concepts that you want to introduce as a technical staff, if you're missing guys and having to catch them up to speed, it just it makes it a little disjointed. Um, I would say, though, that, you know, all in all, that's going to be an issue for every single team. That's something that they deal with, you know, every year. And we'll see what sporting gets when some of these guys do arrive. I know Marinos Gionis uh, out of Cyprus is one that uh, a lot of people are excited about to to see what he can bring and, and some of these younger guys, but it's just going to take time. And that's why, you know, we always talk about that progression from year one to year two for some of these players. And Remy Voltaire, who, like you said, is in France getting his green card, he's impressed me so far in, in preseason. And we saw that, I think, at the end of last year. But just with the more and more that he started to get acclimated, get fit, understand exactly what his role within the team was, great things were happening. And to to now see that uh, in a full season's work is going to be really exciting. And I think that's just, you know, maybe some of these guys will, will get it faster and, and that benefits the team. But if they don't, it's just something that I, I feel like happens every season with, with guys coming in because it, it's a, it's a big transition. So Jacob, from your perspective, I'm curious. I mean, I would think this for younger guys though, or guys that are maybe trying to work their way up, you know, among the ranks and the roster spots, they've got opportunities here to try to show what they can do while these other guys are not here yet. Yeah, absolutely. And because of, obviously, Ali mentioned with Alan Polito and Kyrie Shelton's really taken on that role. But then the number 10, Gotti Kinda, we know is going to be out for at least the first couple weeks of the season. Cam Duke is the guy who's been in there so far, and he's done a good job. And he's one of those younger players. We've seen flashes of it. You know, I, I'm a huge Cam Duke fan when he is on and he's driving at guys. He's got that little burst to, to create that separation. But it's the other parts of his game that, that as you get older and as you mature and as you learn more about the system and what Peter and Kerry and Z demand of you, you know, those are the little strides. And I think he's going to have a big season. And like you said, he's got a chance to kind of hold on to one of those midfield spots because it is kind of up in the air with Gotti Kinda out. Okay, so those are some of the things that, that have caught our eyes so far down here in training camp. Of course, a big preseason game coming up that we'll give you the details on. We're going to broadcast for you on Saturday from down here in Arizona. But coming up next, we're going to talk with the head man, Peter Vermees. We'll get his thoughts on all of this stuff and much, much more. at Straight Ahead, this is the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And, of course, wherever you download your podcasts, we appreciate you listening as always. And we are presented by Michelob Ultra. 
It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Napier, Katie, and Allie Trost joined now by the head man for Sporting Kansas City, Peter Vermees from down here. We're in Tempe, Arizona right now. He's getting ready for another preseason match for Sporting Kansas City tomorrow against the Phoenix Rising. Peter, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. So uh, good to get back at it with you guys. So you're a few weeks into camp now, and I know in the past sometimes you'll you'll break up camp a little bit, come home, come back. This time it's been kind of straight through. How, how has that been to your liking so far? I actually think it's, uh, you know, I, I know there's a little bit of a difficulty when, you know, you don't have the break where the players all get to see their families and uh, just get a little bit of a reprieve. But at the same time, I think the, the consistency and the continuity also doesn't break it up in a way that, um, winds up putting a lot more work on everybody's plate. You know, we're having to pack up, move, go back to Kansas City, get on a plane, you know, all, all the things that go with that. I think this has provided us with a lot more consistency. We, we kind of did this last year as well, and it seemed to work, and, I, and I, I think the guys feel that it's working again this year. So, Peter, now that we've been in this for a few weeks now, I, I remember we talked with you at the beginning of preseason and everyone's just kind of getting acclimated. How would you say the group's progressed uh, to – about midway, a little over midway through preseason? Yeah, I, I think for the majority of the guys that are here and have been here consistently, I think it's actually been really good. They've, um, again, having a nucleus of guys that have been here before, there's a, a ability to comprehend stuff really quickly um, and get back into who we are pretty, uh, pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Some of the new guys have been able to acclimate quicker because you got so many guys that have been through it before. Um, the, the, the tough part of it has been that there are some guys that are still not here or had to leave because they're getting a green card like Remy Walters. And, and, what, that, and what that does is you now lose their consistency. So I, I think because we don't have some guys here, they're going to take a little bit of time going into the season before they really get a feel or, or more importantly, I think, feel fit enough to, to play within the team. So with him, you mentioned Remy being in that situation, and Gotti, obviously, with the injury starting off the season. Is that providing some opportunities for younger guys or other guys to, to get more minutes in training or whatever and, and take a look at uh, what they're doing? I think, yeah, the answer is yes, ultimately. Um, what, what I'm really uh, cautious about for this season, because you know we're starting earlier, we're, we're, we're stopping earlier, means the schedule is going to be congested. Um, and it's going to be fast and furious. And I, I just want to make sure that I have more than enough guys available health-wise, play-wise, so that we don't get find ourselves in a position where I'm having to put too much stress on certain people. And I really want to be able to rotate the roster when I can. Um, but, again, you have to have health and you have to have people that are up to speed with the way you want to play. One player who's talked a lot about how healthy and how good he feels is Uri Rizal. Uh, just said he doesn't feel like at this point now he has any deficiencies after dealing with a couple of, you know, different injuries the last couple of years. And obviously he's very familiar with sporting, the system having played here. But how has he fit in with the group? Because he's a, a player that we've seen quite a bit of so far in preseason and seems to have kind of picked up where he left off. Yeah, uh, it, you, you kind of said it. I mean, he fits into our system really well because he, what he really does, he understands the system um, and he understands his position and what he needs to do when we have the ball and what he needs to do when we don't have the ball. He's also matured in a lot of ways, and especially one area is, is that his, his, his overall strength in the tackle 
has been a welcome addition to the group. We need that in that part of the field. Um, and then his mentality, is, he's a, he was a great competitor when he was here, and he's, he's the same now. He's just a great competitor, and he, he pushes the team along in a way without it being um, you know, overbearing. It's, it's one in which the guys sort of latch on to him. And he's personality-wise, not even a, not even a, 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 you know, a bump in the road with him. He just fits right in like a glove. And so I, I, I expect you know, him to be a real, real important addition to the team. You've talked also about, speaking of additions, the, the competition that's going on at left back and how much you like what you see from both of those guys. Could you describe maybe, let's start with, with Logan first. Um, now that you, it's one thing to, to kind of know what you're, you think you know what you're getting, but now you've had him in for a while. What, what maybe stands out the most about what you've learned about him since you got him here? He's, he's very tough, uh, explosive, more explosive than I could tell because Video is one thing, seeing somebody live is another. Um, for sure loves to get forward and has a really good sense when he's in the final third to, to, to actually find somebody with his cross or the final pass. He's actually a lot better than I thought. Um, and very serious guy, like really serious. Over the, like he is, he's here for one thing, one thing only. Um, if you switch now gears to Ben, Ben Sweat, Ben has a really good soccer IQ, um, great timing in the position of when to get forward, really good in possession, has bite in the position 1v1. Um, I, my thing with him is, I, based on his injury last year, I just want to build him at a slow pace because he's done a really good job thus far. It's, it's up to us to make sure that we continue to uh, build him in the appropriate manner and not put too much on his plate. The other player we haven't talked about that signed to the second team is, is Spencer Glass. Yeah. He's been great, uh, and he's another left, left – I mean, I've played him in multiple positions here at camp, and he's done well at every one of them. But he is a really good left back, um, has a really good understanding of the position, and um, I think that we've – you know, our, our, our staff and everybody has done a really good job of uh, – solidifying that position for us for for some period to uh to come so to follow up on him five years at indiana right and i i know you've talked about why the draft is still important because there are guys that that will make it through uh or slip through the cracks or whatever you want to call it um how could you describe maybe that background with him and and uh and 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 why he's been able to to make it to this point after maybe surprising people Uh, first of all i think you know uh, I credit the uh, player personnel department. Uh, Brian Bliss was really watching him for a while, knew him, and he had gotten an injury. And so a lot of clubs weren't interested in taking him because of the injury. Um, and so Brian, you know, kept his eye on him and, 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 you know, again, signed him to the second team, which I think is a great thing for him as well because he's going to get a chance to be in this club playing the same uh, formation, the same – uh, you know, individual responsibilities in that position, which are going to set him up for success when he comes to the first team. And he has the ability to play uh, in MLS. I, I really see that. Um, and I think he's going to get nothing but stronger uh, and, and just more in tune with how we do things. But he's got a good soccer brain, and that lends itself to the reason why he can play multiple positions and still survive. Um, and that, that's a really good thing. It, I, I'm, I'm – I'm really happy to have watched him in a short period of time and see how uh, committed he is 
but he's also not phased by the fact that he's put into the first team. You know, he's mature enough to be able to handle those situations. And I think sometimes being in college, that's what it does for you. Just you grow up a little bit more than if you're a kid that just comes through the academy and has, never leaves home or never gets away. Sometimes you're a little bit more mature. So one last just note on Spencer Glass, in addition to his versatility and having a good soccer brain, what are some of those physical qualities on the field that you feel like he brings no matter where he's playing? I think he's got a good engine. You know, he can get up and down. The position requires that, especially with the way we play. I also think he reads the game really well. And so I think that's one of the reasons why he can play in multiple positions. And the other is that, you know, I, I can't talk about off the field because I don't, you know, I don't know enough about him yet and also don't know his, his intellectual background, if you will, but I can tell that he has a very so- high soccer IQ because when you talk to him about something in the game or in his position or in a situation, he actually really takes it in and is already thinking about how to implement it. And you can see at certain times he actually does that. So um, as I've always said, you know, I mean, obviously I'd like to get the smartest guys in the world, but when I talk about intelligence, I am really referring to guys that are able to take in information and then able to apply it to you know their position and then to the overall team concept or plan for that game and be able to execute at a high level. And so far, he's proven that. So this is a couple different guys we've brought up now because you mentioned Logan's mentality and how serious he is about it. Um, and I've been around you enough. I love listening to you talk about the, the mental, physical, technical, and tactical parts of the game. And I feel like so much focus is always put on the physical part from – you know, from the public's perspective, but you talk mentality a lot. How much do you learn about mentality of guys? Do you have to have them in the, you know, in front of you to know what their real mentality is? Or can you get a grasp of that before you even bring them in here? So one is like when, whenever we're, you know, recruiting a player, we, we, we do everything we can, whether that's we know a player that plays on his team or played with him in the past or, we know a, a, a staff member that has coached him or has coached him in the past or coaches him now. Like, we, we do everything we can to find out, like, how is he in training? How is he in these situations? So we do that. But you got to remember that when you're asking those questions, you're getting that perspective from the person that you're asking the question to, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they think about it the same way you do. So that's why you often always have to be really, really careful about how much you rely on that information. The other is, is that I think that if you're – I like to think that I'm a pretty good read on people. And, like, when I'm watching players play, whether it's in live or in, you know, on video, you can see sometimes how they react in situations on the field that gives you a determining factor of what they might or might not be like, right? And then, and then the final piece is, is that you'll never know about anybody until you're working with them intimately inside the white lines. What you hope is is that prior to, you know, executing a deal with a player or whatever, bringing a player in, that most of the stuff that you've received is trending in the right direction. If it's trending in the wrong direction, you're probably in – you're either one of two things. Either you realize that you have a lot of work to do with this individual or um, you're probably taking the person on a short-term basis because they just don't have what you actually really want. And – I think most of these guys have all panned out to be really good from a, a, a psychological perspective. And the reason why that's so important is because I think if you have the right attitude, you can overcome a lot of shortcomings as well. And, and, and that's why you know, I spend a lot of time making sure that most guys 
have the right mentality. And that doesn't, you know, and, and don't cloud this as well. And that is, I'm not looking for nice guys. And, you know, I'm, I don't mean nice guys, meaning that I don't want to be able to have a conversation with somebody. No, I'm saying I need guys that are tough mentally. I want guys that have strong personalities because those are the guys that in the tough moments, they don't, they don't break. They may bend a little bit. They come back. You know, they, 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 they don't shy away from it. And, and if you're going to win, that's what you need on your team. So a guy whose mentality you've always praised is Kyrie Shelton. And I had a good conversation with him the other day about what this year could mean for him. Being, you know, with Alan Polito's injury, you said he's your number nine now going forward. He's had great success on the field, especially when he's out on the field with Johnny and Daniel out on the wings. And he said he wants to be on the ball more in the box. He wants to score more. He's embracing uh, the pressure of the situation, I guess, if you will. How ready do you feel like he is to, to take that step forward uh, as, a, a, as a number nine for Sporting Kansas City? It's a really good question because he's, first off, He's ready. You know, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. He always takes care of himself physically, um, nutritionally, uh, psychologically. He is a very strong guy. He's Kai's a little more of an introvert, but, but he's confident in, in himself. Um, and the other is, is that I think actually we have, myself, if you want to say me, at times have asked him – to do things on the field that really weren't in in the direction of his qualities. He actually is a lot more like Allen than than he is as a, ta- a target forward. He's a guy that can move in between the lines, and to be honest with you, we weren't giving him, you know, I don't know if we weren't giving him the freedom or we weren't even, or I wasn't, uh, or I didn't see that well enough, but uh, we started the, the preseason off, and I remember going to him one day and just saying, hey, look, I don't want you to play as a target. I want you to come and play and get in the game, you know, get in the build-up, get in between the lines, play, because you can do it, you know, and it was like, it wasn't a light bulb for him. It was a light bulb for me because when he started doing it, he was unbelievable. He really was, and and so I, you know, that was probably more a mistake on my part, Um but he's been excellent in, in the team. And then it, it's, it's what people don't really pay attention to, but his work off the ball is just priceless. It really is. He's, um, and he's a, pleasure, he's a pleasure to be around for me, uh, you know, as a coach. He's a great guy, and he's, and he's the ultimate team guy, and that helps the rest of the players around him. And that's why... That's why his winning percentage when he's on the field for our team is so high. We quote that number all the time, and, and, and when he starts at the nine, it's, it's an incredible winning percentage that the team has. I'm interested in what you said about the target forward thing. It just in my mind, the first thing I thought of, well, he, he's so big and strong and powerful, it, it almost makes you think, yeah, let's just let him go post up and, and, and hold the ball. But he's also pacey and skilled, so um, is that part of maybe why people want to play him that way? I think it's because you look at him physically and then you, you're, you're, you're making that determination because you're looking at him physically, yeah. right? Yeah. Where what I would say is when I was, um, when I was uh, watching him when he was in college, 
and, and uh, by the way, why are we here? I want you to know something. I'm looking for something at the same time, so okay. bear with me. He, Do you want me to talk no, for a minute? No, no, no. no. <laughs> he, when I was watching him in college, I was at the Notre Dame tournament you know, years ago, and he was playing at the time. And uh, I remember watching him thinking, wow. And I saw him play on the wing. I saw him play center forward. I saw him in the mix of everything. And I don't know, maybe I just at that time saw him because of his physique yeah. that he would be this – target forward in MLS but I probably didn't give him enough credit for how well he can play just in the in the flow of the game and so it's probably what I think most people think is that he's supposed to be this big guy up top and just muscle everybody around and I I think his 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 quality is that for as big as he is and for as first off his fitness level is incredible because most guys you're one or the other. Either you're really strong conditioning or you're really, like, fast, quick guy, but you're not so strong on the other side, right? But he's got both. Mm-hmm. The other is is that he's really good on the ball. Um, but I think his, his, his quality is the fact that he has the ability to be very mobile on the field. And when you give him that freedom, he winds up showing you some really interesting uh, other qualities that you just don't know that he has. So... That's where he's been really good. Okay, so I'm going to talk for a second so Peter can find what he's looking for right now. But it kind of reminds me when I watch Kyrie of like sometimes you see like the – I'll use Derrick Henry as an example. Like he's the biggest, strongest, fastest running back in the NFL. And you see the punishment that he puts on other people. You don't think about the punishment that he actually takes through the course of the game. And I don't know if anybody gets hit more than Kyrie – in the course of a game and you watch you look at some of the battle scars he ends up with and obviously the big one in Los Angeles last year would would be at the top of the list Allie but like I'll I'll ask you about that I mean he he puts his body on the line every single game I think I I don't have the exact number but I mean there were also a number of times where those fouls that he would draw by being you know physical and hard to get off the ball in the box or in dangerous dangerous areas led to penalties or dangerous set pieces. You know, sometimes he didn't get some of the calls that he deserved, but I mean, the physical wear and tear, you know, sometimes we'd get to see those like rail cam angles or those really like when you're watching the game from the perspective that we get sometimes, and I get it a little bit on the sideline, but mostly with the wingers, it's, it's really hard to, to see maybe as a fan watching the game on TV, just physically how much he is, um, yeah, like you said, putting his body on the line, and he's paid for it and maybe missed out on a few calls along the way, but he's also gotten the team some really you know, dangerous opportunities that have then led to games won or goals scored. I feel like he's got to lead the league in situations where his opponent actually fouls him but ends up being the one that hits the ground because Kyrie doesn't go down and Kyrie gets called for the foul. I feel like that – I don't know, Peter, if you, if you feel that way, but I, see, I feel like that happens at least once every game. That, that happens all the time. And, and unfortunately, um, it, it's – for a guy like him, it's really difficult that he doesn't get the calls that he should because you're basically penalizing him because he's big and strong, right, just because of what he automatically is. And, but, but he also – I give him a lot of credit. I remember when he – Forget when it was last, sometime late last year. I don't remember what game it was. It might have been the game against uh, uh, Vancouver, and he said, "Yeah, of course." He goes, I, "I never take a dive." Like he saw a matter of fact <laughs> about it, right? Where mm-hmm. a lot of players wouldn't 
say it that way, but he was, he is that way. And, and he's, and he's honest about it. And that's why I say he's, he's just a, he's, he's a different guy. And, and I, I really, really appreciate the way that he goes about his business every day. Well, it's going to be fun to see him, um, with, with that role at the number nine this year. And I know you did mention it at a news conference, uh, earlier this week that you guys were close to bringing in uh, somebody else is it, you know to to because you need more bodies at that position which makes me wonder I remember talking to you at the outset of the pandemic about how the pandemic has affected the market when you're trying to find players now we're a couple of years into it it's not the same as it was two years ago when everything was shut down but is is the market still being affected by just what's going on globally right now and if so I'm wondering how yeah I I think well, first off, I, I think clubs don't have the money that they had before. Uh, teams teams still have outrageous prices on players. So, th- so they haven't woken up to the market, right? So that's a tough one. Because players have so many options these days, they're unrealistic with their finances. You know they think they should be making. All, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not feasible for a lot of clubs, right? The other thing in our league that has changed immensely is that we have so many teams now in the league that are all vying for players. You know, we're all fighting against each other as well, and so there's there's that pressure too. It, it's, you know, I, I think I said this last week or a couple of days ago when I was doing my presser, and I said, look, we're going to be announcing sometime next week that we're really close to a deal with a forward. I mean, I can't tell you how many forwards we went through to eventually getting to this deal. Um, it's crazy. And, and you know, I, you name it. I had every obstacle in place on every single guy you could imagine. Um, and, and it wasn't for a lack of trying by the staff, that's for sure. Um, I think we found the guy that's going to be able to come in and, and, and help us, Is that, and that's what we needed. I had said that I don't think that we're bringing somebody in to be in front of Kyrie because I think Kyrie's in a really good place and he's our number nine. And but I think this guy will help in that position. And because as I said before, we we need rotation in positions. We need uh, rotation in our roster. And so you know, with Polito out, you need another body. You need another player. So we have um, you know I think this guy coming in, which is which will be good, and we'll continue to grow as a team. But it, the hardest thing in our business right now is is the acquisition of players. And my last point on that, just out of curiosity, because I know a couple of years ago we talked about the different evolutions of the league. You mentioned, you know, that the difficulty that that presents different teams. How does that change? What what do you see as maybe being the the solution here as the league continues to grow rapidly in a lot of different ways? Well, I think probably we have to revisit a couple of our player mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So we have this thing, I think you guys know, it's called the discovery list. And I think what happens is a lot of different um, deals get bogged down because, you know, one thing or another, maybe a club is, I mean, and you got, listen, I'm going to lay them out there. I'm not going to shy away from them. You got teams that block you because they don't want you to get the guy. You, you have teams that, slow play the deal so that they're hoping that you sign somebody else and that they can keep holding on to that player. And we have this thing, it's called a conflict resolution, you know, when you have a a discovery dispute. But it's really easy for the team that's above you, um, like maybe they're priority one or priority two, you could be two or three, whatever, you're below them. It's really easy for them to maintain this status of, well, we're working on the deal. 
you know, and, and I understand that it's very difficult for the league to be judge and jury because how do you how do you say that it's not moving forward? How do you say, you know, and then and then what you also have is like the the, the league has to come in and they have to determine whether or not it was a genuine offer that the, the club already made. Well, how do, I mean, and I say this all due respect, how do the people in the league office know? It's not like they're the, you know, the the the. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the holders of all data around all players. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with the player. They're not, right? So they don't know all the information around those players. So there's just it's, – it's a really tough way to navigate it. So my, my thing is is that I think that you, you, you do away with discoveries completely. And so, like, an example is, like, if, if, if you're a player and I'm interested in you and I really feel like we're, we should start the negotiation, then what I do is I stick your name in – to the league today, they say, okay, nobody else is negotiating with that player, then go. As opposed to, it, it's kind of like this. You have, say you have seven slots. I have you on my list, but I'm not intending to do anything with you. But Nate's interested in doing something with you right now. Now all of a sudden, Nate calls up and says, hey, we'd really like to talk to Ali. And, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, you know, we'll talk to Ali then. And, and now we get in the way of them. Right? Because he's activated me to now move on that. Whereas if, is if I don't know that he's interested in Allie and you're out there, I may be thinking about you for the next window. He might grab you now for this window because nobody's working on a deal with you. And I also think that's fair to the player because I think sometimes what happens is, especially with foreign players, they get blocked in coming to our league because one team is, is holding it up. And so they can't get into our league because that team doesn't really want to do a deal with them. A lot of stuff to sort out when it comes to this league. There's no doubt about it, Peter. We're out of time now. So one thing I do want to ask you before we wrap up, tomorrow we're wearing this on a, on a Friday. So on Saturday, uh, you guys are going to be playing against the Phoenix Rising, another preseason game, and we're going to broadcast it on SportingKC.com and uh, the Sporting KC app. For fans that want to watch a preseason game, it's always tough to know what you can really take from the game and whatnot. Can you give us maybe a thing or two that you're hoping to see from the team that they should they should look out for in this game? Yeah, I, th- I think in preseason it's it's it's, it's very uh, much kind of the same progression, right? What I would like to see is uh, the first thing is that we have to be good defensively. Um, the second is is that for our team, the build up, the possession, the movement of the ball. Uh, our ability to circulate it in a way that eventually we can sort of probe the other team. Those things are starting to, like, those would be the things that I would really look at right now the most. What comes as you get through preseason is the creation of chances. Like, that doesn't all happen. Like, that doesn't happen first. That usually happens a little bit down the road because the guys are still getting familiar with each other, but at the same time, they're also getting into form and you don't have to be in such great form to defend well but to score to create chances you got to be in good form you got to be in good timing with each other and all those things and that takes a it takes time so i'm a little bit more patient there and i want to see a lot more progression in those other areas um and, and i do think that we've actually been pretty good defensively uh, and we've had with our first team and have had really good circulation of the ball. And it's something we got to keep building off of because the group feels pretty good about it. Well, there you go. That's some stuff to watch for with this game coming up tomorrow 
down here in Phoenix. Peter, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure as always. All right, that is Peter Vermees. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jacob Peterson will rejoin us. We'll wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show from Training Camp in Arizona, presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back to wrap things up on this first edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show of 2022. Nate Bucati with Ali Trost and Jacob Peterson rejoining us now after that great conversation with Peter Vermees. And once again, we're brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Have yourself a nice Michelob Ultra while you're listening to the Sporting Kansas City Show on the podcast while you're working out, even whatever, you know, just it's only worth it if you enjoy it. That's what you need to remember about Michelob Ultra. We certainly enjoy ourselves a Michelob Ultra or two as we get ready for Sporting Kansas City Alley in this preseason game against the Phoenix uh, Rising. And Peter told us a couple things to look for, defense, moving the ball around and all that. You've seen a couple of the preseason games down here so far. I'm curious how much progression you, you've seen from the team to this point. Yeah, well, from that first match that Jacob and I called because, of course, the, the scrimmage against the U.S. men's national team was closed door, wasn't down here, didn't get to watch that one. So watching the team in the Colorado preseason match versus watching them just you know a week or so later against Portland, the first group looked fantastic in that game against Portland. I mean, all of the concepts I feel like were really coming together the way that – and that is what Peter and Johnny told me after the game. They, they looked fantastic. They – put a couple of goals in the back of the net. Second group still, you know, a lot of new pieces being put together. So there's not as much of that familiarity there, but I, I do, you know, what Peter said is spot on the, the final third. That part is, is the last part to come together. Jacob, you talked about that as well, but uh, the, the team did not look to miss a beat in that, in that game against Portland in that, that first 45 minutes or so that they played. So really excited to, you know, watch the the match tomorrow and see just how some of those things Peter said continue to advance with, you know, maybe more and more of that final third piece coming together. But a goal from Johnny Russell and maybe an unlikely goal from Nicholas Isimat Marine combining with Graham Zussi for a little uh, give and go back into the box and, and finish it on the volley. So, you know, he's a player too that I think a lot of us, after he dealt with injuries last year, are, you know, very excited to see not just how he defensively of course as you know center back is going to help this team but he's a big guy good target in the box uh if he can maybe do more of that this season that would be very welcome he scored his first goal for the team last year in the playoffs against Vancouver so uh yeah he's another one that I'm I'm excited to see how he progresses along with the team in these in these final matches so Jacob I remember two years ago we didn't get to come down to training camp last year but two years ago this was right before the pandemic started you had just joined us on the broadcast, and the first game we ever called together was Sporting KC at the Phoenix Rising, which is going to be the matchup that we have tomorrow at 5.30 on SportingKC.com and on the Sporting KC app. You can watch it and stream it for free. But I remember watching that game with you, and we know that Sporting went on to have a good team that year. It was kind of an ugly game, and, and, the, and the Rising kind of put it to Sporting a little bit. And I remember you kind of telling me at the time, look, the Rising are a good USL program. They've got good players, and when they're going to play against an MLS team, they're turned up for this thing. Uh, I'm curious, like, for, for the Sporting KC guys, what's the challenge like when you're going against a team from the division right below you, and they're looking at this as a big opportunity to show what they can do? Well, first thing, as I said earlier, preseason's a grind, especially for veteran guys. And I think different players, and Allie and I talked about this on, on that broadcast with the, the stream with the Colorado game, is – Different players kind of have different 
goals in going into preseason and going into games. This game, though, now is starting to get to that level where, okay, the first group has played 45 minutes. It's now about continuing to increase that total minutes and the physical load. So I'd expect to see the, that first group, the starting group, to go a little bit longer. But in order to stop Phoenix from getting into the game at all, you have to match the work ethic because that's what they're gonna bring. They're gonna be buzzing, it's at their home stadium, they're gonna be flying around, like you said, playing against an MLS team. A lot of these guys want to play in MLS. They, that's their goal. And if they put in good performances here, you know, maybe that's what it takes. Um, but I think sporting has to match that intensity early on um, because you wanna get your fitness and you want to make sure that you're doing the work. Um, and, and another thing that I'm looking for this game is to see how Logan and Dembe is and how that relationship with Daniel, um, how that forms, because that's, we know on the, on the right with Zeus and, and Johnny, it is so good. They're always on the same page. Um, and Logan's, I have loved him in training this week. I think he's gonna be great for this club, but it's, it's gonna take time. Um, and this might be that first real uh, glimpse that we have to see kind of how that relationship develops. Yeah, Elliot, Peter told us that uh, he loves the mentality of Logan and Dembe, that he is serious and businesslike all the time. Have you seen him start to become a little more aware of what the system is and what they're calling for from him at that position? Yeah, and if anything, it's been impressive how quickly he's he's gotten. Of course, he's you know played the position, and, and there are certain things that you just instinctually know, having grown up and played the game. But you know when you, you fit into a new system, you're, you're combining with new players, there's always going to be a bit of a learning curve. But I think he's very quickly picked up on on some of those things that that the team wants him to do just like you said how that relationship now with Daniel Shallowy continues to to progress because a big part of his role there is going to be how he helps in the attack not just how he's operating defensively but how he's you know helping the team move the ball forward so this will be the first preseason match that we get to see him in he had I think maybe just arrived so they weren't going to throw him right in in that game against Portland so I think it'll be a great test but the, the physical you know, attributes are there. He's, he's physically, he, he seems fit. He is, you know, like Peter said, very serious. And I feel like a lot of, you know, some of these, these young foreign guys that have come in just over this off season have kind of had a very similar mentality of very serious, all about soccer. That's all I've heard about this Marinos Gionis kid who has not arrived yet, but is apparently like, I, I would equate what I've heard to like a Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso, like football is life. Like that is kind of the mentality. Uh, he, he wants to come and advance his career. So I, I think that creates great competition and will hopefully lead to great things for sporting Kansas city. As you know, we start to see more from these young players, but Logan and Denbe has progressed considering how late into the preseason he arrived, I think exceptionally well. And I think that was just, will just only continue. So Jacob, when you watch this game tomorrow, how will you know, that the relationship between Ndembe and Shalawi is strong. What will you be watching for to see there? Well, first, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be perfect. And there might be some miscommunication. And whether that's going forward or just in defensive position. But that winger outside back relationship, um, you can't be on the same line vertically on the field. If the winger is all the way wide on the touchline, then the, the outside back has to be in a little bit to make sure that there's an angle for that pass or vice versa, right? If the outside back is keeping the width, then the winger has to be inside. Daniel Shallowy, we know, likes to come inside. He's got, he's almost that in between, plays in between the lines and can get on the ball right there. 
and then it's up to Logan and Demi to get down the line. And he's got the pace. He, he's got the power. He's got the ability. We've seen him whip in some great crosses. Uh, and watching him, he's a player I would have hated to play against because <laughs> he is physical. He gets stuck in the guys, which is awesome to see, which is I think the team needs maybe a little bit more of that. Um, but just watch for how the Daniel and Logan, are they on the same line? Are they finding each other? But there's going to be mistakes, and that's okay because this is preseason after all. Well, and, you know, another element in that too, number one, just the fact that two guys being added to, you know, the defensive side of the ball for Sporting Kansas City with Uri playing defensive mid, kind of describe them as that same physical presence, not afraid to get stuck in, Logan and Denbe, like that is going to, I think, bring more than what Sporting Kansas City fans can even like really anticipate having two additions of players who have that kind of mentality and that approach to their game. But the other element too in, in, in Denbe and Shallowy's relationship not having Gotti Keen to there. Daniel Shallow talked to us a lot last year about his relationship with Gotti and especially in the attack and that kind of just like Zussi and, and Johnny Russell have on the right-hand side, that unspoken chemistry, that, that knowing where the other player is going to be, that's going to be a, a big role for Cam Duke to, to quickly kind of fill when you've got these three guys playing down that left-hand side, trying to all, all combine together. All right, well, that's going to be some some more stuff to watch for. we got some great storylines um, to, to keep an eye on in this game tomorrow. And I'll remind everybody, 5.30 Central Time, Sporting KC at the Phoenix Rising, SportingKC.com. And on the Sporting KC app, you can stream it and watch it for free as we get closer and closer to that February 27th uh, season opener on the road for Sporting Kansas City. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. For Ali Trost, Jacob Peterson, and Peter Vermees, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for listening, and thank you to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring us again this year. Grab a Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we'll see you next time right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.